Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here. Thanks for joining us today. Good to see, have our visitors here. Thanks for being here today. Um, and also, I wanted to say uh, welcome to those who are watching online and over at the Beacon. I was able to join the Beacon for their uh, acoustic worship this morning. It was wonderful, as well as the worship that was happening in here. So thanks for joining us online and at the Beacon as well. I want to start today by asking a question. Is anyone in here fairly independent? Let me just see kind of a show of hands. Yeah, a few of us are kind of independent. <laughs> I have some who are just shaking their head. Nope, not me. Uh, I'm fairly independent, but I will tell you, when I was a single parent, that kind of pushed the envelope of that independence. Uh, being a single, anyone ever been a single parent before? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a tough deal. That's a tough deal. So anyway, when my uh, daughter was four or five years old, it was Easter season, and I had, I don't remember if she asked for an Easter dress or if I just wanted to buy her one, an Easter dress for church. So I said, uh, well, I'm, I can do this, right? I mean, I'm single dad, hear me roar or something like that. I don't know. I thought I could do this. And so I lived by University Park Mall over there in Mishawaka. And so I um, uh, went in. And I, my first mistake, though, was I went into Sears because I always went to Sears for the tools. And I thought, well, they have everything, so they probably have clothes too. So I went there, and they did. They had some dresses, but, but nothing worked out. It either it didn't fit her or the price was crazy or uh, she didn't like it, you know, some of those things. And uh, so I went to, I left Sears, and I went to the next store in the mall. You know, any store that had dresses or looked like they might have dresses, I just went to store after store, after store. And finally, I dragged myself into JCPenney, which is on the other side of the mall. And I said, I don't care how much it costs. I don't care if you like it. If it fits, we're buying it. And we ended up buying some dress, and she had a dress for, for Easter. It worked out. It was a miserable experience. Um, <laughs> take for everyone, everyone involved. So then the next year, the, the problem is Easter comes around every year, you know, and, and little girls grow up, and so the, the dress didn't fit anymore, and it was time for this dress shopping, and I was like, oh, no, this is going to be terrible. And a, a group of friends from work volunteered to help me, and they said, hey, let's just go together to Chicago, and we'll go to the water tower place. And I said, this sounds like a great idea. It actually turned out pretty well. We went there. And uh, so there was a group of about five of us, and the ladies took my daughter and my credit card, and they disappeared. And me and the guys stayed back, and we, had, we went to the Lego place and <laughs> ended up, you know, getting some coffee. Anyway, they came back a few hours later. Everybody was happy. Everybody was happy. It was so nice to have the help. But you know what? We tend to go through life on our own sometimes. We try to do things on our own as well. But that's not scriptural, just so you know. Scripture says it's better to do things together. Uh, there's a couple of verses that I've read many times at weddings from Ecclesiastes. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. It's better to do things together. We're not meant to do life alone. 
Now, you might think that today's message is about relationships or it's about friendships or about marriage, but it's not. Today's message is about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was sent to be here with us so that we wouldn't have to do life alone. John 14, in John 14, Jesus says, If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be with us, to be in us, and to, be with, uh, and to not leave us as orphans. So today's message is about the Holy Spirit. Now, most churches in America today teach about God the Father. They teach about God the Son, Jesus Christ. But they, many churches have a hard time when it comes to the third part of the Trinity, God the Holy Spirit. I grew up in a Mennonite church that was a cessationist uh, church, which basically believes that the presence and power of the Holy Spirit ceased to exist when the first disciples died. So I grew up learning about God the Father on a Sunday. I learned about God the Father. I learned about God the Son, Jesus Christ. And once in a while, we'd read about the Holy Spirit, but we just kind of skip over it, just kind of skip over it. Um, Francis Chan wrote a book recently called The Forgotten God, and it's, it's a book about the Holy Spirit. And I've been reading this. It's a really good book. You might want to pick that up as part of this message series, but let me read what he says in the book. From my perspective, the Holy Spirit is tragically neglected and for all practical purposes, forgotten. While no evangelical would deny his existence, I'm willing to bet there are millions of churchgoers across America who cannot confidently say they have experienced his presence or action in their lives over the past year, and many of them do not believe they can. Many Christians today are living out their Christian walk independently, trying to do it on their own. Well, here at Lighthouse, uh, we believe that the power and presence of the Holy Spirit is for every one of us. And uh, not just Lighthouse. Lighthouse. Lighthouse is part of the Vineyard Association of Churches. There are about 600 vineyard churches in the United States, about 2,000 uh, worldwide. And uh, I wanted to read part of the Vineyard USA's core values and beliefs about the Holy Spirit. It says, we are a people of the kingdom of God who partner with the Holy Spirit. The Vineyard story is driven by the reality that God eagerly desires us to experience his presence and then to partner with him in his work of showing his love to the world. We believe that the Holy Spirit distributes gifts among us, enabling us to encounter God's presence personally and corporately and then to minister to the world around us in the power of the Spirit. So we believe that God's presence in our lives today is the Holy Spirit. And all of that power that we've seen, all the miracles and giftings that we can read about in the Gospels and in Acts is available to us today. So today we're going to be embarking on a message series over the next four weeks called Empowered, Living a Spirit-Filled Life. 
And uh, today is more or less just introductions uh, of the Holy Spirit. It's called Formal Introductions, Getting to Know the Holy Spirit. And over the next three weeks, we will be talking about spiritual gifts. Next week, we're going to talk about two very specific spiritual gifts, prophecy and words of knowledge on uh, September 27th. And then we're going to end the series on October 4th uh, with, a, with my wife teaching on supernatural healing. And you definitely want to come for that. Now, through the series, we also have additional opportunities to go deeper. If you're part of a home group, every home group will be talking about the series. We have discussion questions. And even in weeks three and four, we're going to practice like praying for people, uh, for healing and things like that. Uh, so you, if you're not in a home group, it's not too late to join one of those. Also, on Tuesday nights, we are going to be hosting worship circles uh, here in the auditorium. Every Tuesday, we open up the auditorium for prayer from 6 to 8 p.m., but during this series from 7 to 8, we are going to gather in a circle and have one of our young adults lead us in a time of worship and prayer and just really inviting the Holy Spirit to come and be among us. And you guys are welcome to come and join us for that. Again, we mentioned young adults, but uh, they are meeting every Wednesday night, and uh, they're going to be talking through this as well. And then we're going to end the series uh, with a night of worship, More Holy Spirit Night of Worship on Friday, October 9th. You're all welcome to join us for that. And, uh, um, but I am going to have a workshop, we'll talk more about this next week, um, on spiritual gifts. So if you've never taken a spiritual gifts test, don't know what your spiritual gifts are, uh, we are doing a workshop on Wednesday night, October 14th. All right, so through this series, we're going to be pushing into the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. So I'm hopeful that you guys will all join us through the entire series. So I'm going to start out today by walking through a little bit of introduction of when the Holy Spirit is introduced in Scripture. And then I'm going to give us five reasons why we should all press into a Spirit-filled life. And you can fill those in on your handout. Uh, but let me pray before we get started. So God, I come to you and thank you, Lord, for the gift of the Holy Spirit your presence here on earth. So God, I pray that you would be with me as I teach today, that you would give me your words to speak, that you would open up our ears to hear from you, and, and Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Minister to our hearts and minds uh, this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, this first scripture I'm going to read, um, Jesus is telling his disciples that he is going to leave them and go up to God the Father. So this is John chapter 16, verse 5. It says, but now I am going to him who sent me, to God. None of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I've said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, I want you to put yourself in the disciples' shoes for a second, or their sandals, right? Um, they've been with Jesus for three years. They've seen him do miracles. They've seen him uh, provide food and heal people. They've, they've heard all of his sermons and his wise debates with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And he's saying, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave you. But it's a better thing. It's better for you that I leave because if I don't go, I can't send the Holy Spirit to you, the advocate. Man, if I was a disciple, I'd be going, I don't, what do you mean? You're the best thing that's ever happened to me. How can there be something better than you? 
And I would want Jesus to stay. Even today, many Christians, if they were given a chance to go back in time, they would want to go back to the Bible days to, to be in the presence of Jesus. I know I would, just to hear him speak and, and talk and watch the miracles. But Jesus would say, ah, that was nothing. That was nothing. The Holy Spirit is better. And we all have that opportunity today to have the Holy Spirit with us and in us. Now, so Jesus is telling them it's better that I go and I send the Holy Spirit. And then after he dies on the cross, he's resurrected from the dead. He reminds them that the Holy Spirit is coming. This is, on, this is in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. It says, on one occasion while he was eating with them, this is Jesus, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Again, the Holy Spirit, it's going to be a better thing. Now, Jesus then leaves them. Now, the good thing is the disciples hung out in Jerusalem. They waited for the Holy Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit shows up and they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's Acts chapter two, verse one says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So that was the first baptism of the Holy Spirit that happened to the early disciples. Now, interestingly, before this, they kind of cowered together, the disciples. They were worried that they were next. They were going to be crucified. They were going to be killed next. After the Holy Spirit came on them, they began to preach boldly the message of Jesus. In fact, Peter stood up and preached a whole message. Now, remember, this is the same Peter that denied that he even knew Jesus just a few weeks earlier. But now that he has the Holy Spirit in him, been baptized in the Holy Spirit, he is now preaching boldly. And this is what he says. He says, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you see, what you now see and hear. So Peter is explaining, Jesus died, rose again, went up to the Father, received the gift of the Holy Spirit, and has now poured the Holy Spirit out on us. And that day, with that sermon, 3,000 people came to be followers of Jesus in one day. That's a pretty powerful message. Well, I want to see the power of the Holy Spirit active in our church. I want to see and have the power of the Holy Spirit within me, within all of you. And so we're going to take the next four weeks and just press into the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's five points that you can fill in on your handout if you would like. But these are some reasons why we should all want to live a Spirit-filled life. Number one is because He empowers us. He empowers us. In Luke chapter 24, Jesus says, I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Power from on high. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, many times what comes to mind is the power of of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live out our Christian walk. I, I, I'm going to give you an illustration. So here's a, an image 
of a guy on a motorcycle and a guy on a bicycle and the guy on the bicycle saying, I'm the best. Um, but if you actually took those two guys up, lined them up and had a race, like a 10-mile race, who would win? The guy on the motorcycle, right? Not only would the, the guy on the motorcycle get there quicker, he would go faster, he would use less effort, and I would argue he would have more fun, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but I like bicycling, but I like motorcycles. So, you know, he would get there, he would have more fun. Now, the guy on the bicycle would still arrive at the same finish line. It might take him a little more time. It might be a little bit, take a little more effort. It might not be quite as much fun, but he would still finish the race. Well, I would argue that there are many Christians today who are rejecting the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, but they're still in the race. I mean, they're on the bicycle, and they're, they're pedaling, and they're going to reach the finish line, because we all reach the finish line one day, right, when we die and, and go to heaven. They'll reach the finish line, but they're doing it all on their own effort. Whereas the Holy Spirit has come to give us power, to empower us, and when we walk in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, in our Christian walk, it's like being on a motorcycle where all you're doing is just, you know, warm, warm, and you're, you're flying. Now, again, I told you I grew up Mennonite, so I grew up not even knowing about the Holy Spirit. So, man, I worked hard for God for many, many years. I worked hard, and, and things were accomplished. But since understanding the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, man, it's, life is so much easier. You know, when you walk in the gifts of the Spirit, God can change things and do things in a moment that might have taken years otherwise. So he gives us power. And next week, we're going to talk about the, some of the power tools, the gifts of the Spirit that God has given us. So I would encourage you to come back and check that out. So that's number one. Number two, we should all want to live a Spirit-filled life because he refreshes our soul. Refreshes our soul. Let me read this scripture. On the last day, last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So in the scripture, Jesus is talking again about the promise of the Holy Spirit. And he says it's going to be like rivers of living water flowing from within them, refreshing our soul. Well, I don't know about you, but this last six months have been kind of a dry, crusty season, right? I mean, it's been dry. And I have been dried up <laughs> many times through this but thankfully, God has the Holy Spirit for us to refresh us. My wife, Rose, always has a water bottle with her everywhere she goes. And anytime I'm thirsty, I just reach over and grab her water bottle, take a little drink. Sometimes I ask. Most of the times I don't. Put it back. But, you know, the Holy Spirit in our life is like that. It's like this water bottle in our soul that is available to refresh us every time we're thirsty. We just have to kind of reach over and take a drink. 
but the Holy Spirit is there with us all the time. And I would say this, that the other part to this is that when the Holy Spirit is like a river of living water flowing from within us, it's not just for us, right? The Holy Spirit, when we are full of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit flows out from us as well. Now, I'm sure all of us have been around those people who, if you've been around them for an hour, you feel like your life was just sucked out of you, right? We call them soul suckers, you know? It's just like, oh man, I've been around them and I am more unempty than when I started. But we've also been around those people, when you're around them for like an hour, all of a sudden, man, there was something within them that poured out into me and I feel filled up. The Holy Spirit is not available just for us to be refreshed. The Holy Spirit wants to flow out of us to the people around us. And again, this has been a tough six months. The people around us need the hope of God in our lives. And as we are filled up with the Holy Spirit and get refreshing, we can also refresh others. All right, so Holy Spirit empowers us, refreshes us. And then number three, he helps us. He helps us. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commands. This is in John 14. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The Greek word for advocate, which is a word used quite often for the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, is this Greek word parakletos. It means advocate, intercessor, counselor, helper. The Holy Spirit wants to help us, to help us. I'll give you an illustration. Lyndon Bontrager, who was the one who did the, the welcome today, uh, went on a men's wilderness trip with me a few weeks ago. And here's a picture of the group of guys that went. And so we're up just backpacking into the Boundary Waters in northern Minnesota. And Lyndon is a helper. I mean, he wants to help. But in this, on this trip, we had two leaders, and, and, and Lyndon wasn't one of the leaders. He was just supposed to go along. But he couldn't help but help. You know, you know those people? He just can't help but help. So I remember one time his canoe partner was coming out carrying uh, the canoe, and uh, Lyndon was coming behind him, and he had his, his backpack on. He had his partner's backpack on the front of him. He was carrying two paddles and two life jackets, and he just was carrying it to try to make it all easier for his canoe partner. And uh, the first night when we, when we had dinner, we, somebody needed to do the dishes and scrub the pot. Lyndon was the first one to say, I'll do it. I'll do it, because he just loves to help. And then on uh, one of the mornings, um, I was usually cooking all the food, but I could just see Lyndon, you know, just like, I just want to help. And uh, I said, Lyndon, would you like to make the pancakes this morning? Yes, love to. And so Lyndon's over the fire and you could just see, I'm loving this. I get to make pancakes for everybody. He just loves to serve. Well, that image is what I believe the Holy Spirit is like. So many times we think that, oh, I don't want to bother God. I don't want to bother the Holy Spirit. I just, you know, this isn't that big a deal. But I think like the Holy Spirit is right there on the side going, no, no, let me help you. I, I'm here. Jesus sent me. I'm your advocate. I'm your helper. Let me help. 
but it's up to us to receive that help, be willing to take it in. Because again, we talked about it at the beginning of the message, sometimes we're just too doggone independent. I can't tell you the number of times I've tried to do it on my own and God's like up, God the Father's up there going, oh, there he goes again, you know, and then Jesus is going, I know, I've told him and the Holy Spirit's, I'm like, I'm here, I'm ready to help and I got this and of course, make a mess of it. We're not a burden to ask the Holy Spirit for help. He's here. That's, that's what he wants to do. He is our helper. He is our advocate. I'm just going to pause there a moment. Because some of you have been really just trying to do this on your own. You might let somebody, a person, help you once in a while, but you haven't gone to God and asked him for help. And that's really important because the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you. So you have to be willing to say, I, I can't do this on my own. Help me out, Holy Spirit. And he will. He will. He will. All right, so he helps us. Number four is he teaches us. He teaches us. John 14 says, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Scripture can sometimes be confusing, right? I mean, understanding it, knowing how to apply it in our lives. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to help us to understand Scripture. He, he can open up our minds to Scripture. There have been so many times I've, I've read the same verse for years, and then through an inspiration of God and the Holy Spirit, I will see it like for the first time. I will understand it. So if you have difficulty understanding Scripture or knowing how to apply it in your life, ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, will you help me? By the way, that's a prayer. Holy Spirit, will you help me? Help me understand this. Again, going back to how many of us were brought up, we're brought up to pray to God or pray to Jesus, but to pray to the Holy Spirit can be awkward and odd, but it's not. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit, can you help me? Help me understand this. And the second part of that, it says that, and will remind you of everything I've said to you. And I love that because I forget all the time, <laughs> all the time. And so if, if you've ever had that moment where you're talking to someone and you're, you're like, man, they just need, they need some good advice and then a verse floats to your mind or maybe a, a, a lyric from a song, which many times are taken from scripture or somebody, you know, a message, and you're able to share it and go, that's the Holy Spirit reminding us of what he has already said, what Jesus has already said, what he's already taught us. So the Holy Spirit, man, is invaluable in teaching and reminding us. And then the last point here is uh, he guides us. He guides us. 
I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. This is Jesus. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Holy Spirit wants to lead us, to guide us. I was listening to a teaching recently on the Holy Spirit, and the the teacher said the Holy Spirit is like a wind against a sail, like in a boat. And how, you know, when a wind hits a sail, it just applies pressure, just a little bit of pressure to kind of move the boat along. And so that's what the Holy Spirit does. If, we're, if we would raise up our sail, which I believe is like being sensitive to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us, wants to do. So if we raise up our sail, the Holy Spirit will apply some pressure and kind of lead us in a direction. You know, just kind of lead us in a direction. Uh, some examples of that, like in my life, I've, I'm trying to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's and just simple decisions, just little little things. Um, I know uh, recently, like I would go onto Amazon to buy something, and I've been trying to be sensitive, like before I hit the click, you know, like to buy it now or whatever, just to be sensitive. Is this something I should buy, God? Silly little practice. But I will tell you, there are times when I will feel pressure to not do it. You know, I'll feel like just an unease, like, and I'm like, no, God, I really researched that. It's already in my cart. I want to buy it. And I'm, and God's like, no. And I don't know why. I don't understand why. And I'll go, okay. And I'll ask Rose to buy it for me, you know. <laughs> No, but I'm learning that God, the Holy Spirit is here. God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit is here to help us and to guide us in all things. Simple things. Lord, I want to go to this place to eat today. What do you think? And if we put up our sail, we might feel a little bit of unction or we might feel like, oh, whatever. Do whatever you want. So I, I just want to encourage you. He wants to guide us, but we have to put up our sails. We have to put up our sails. So over the next four weeks, we're going to be diving deep into the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And I'm, I'm super excited about it. Next week, again, we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Um, so I just encourage you guys to come back. But I'm going to turn this over to Tony uh, in the beacon and invite Matt to come up here and close us in prayer. Thank you, guys. When I was first introduced to the Holy Spirit, now introduced as introduced to the concept of the Holy Spirit, not baptized in the Holy Spirit. So just introduced to it. I was, I've been thinking all service about what we're, but I can't think of it. I was weirded out. Like the Holy Spirit, that, that concept, it weirded me out. I would see like on, on the television, like the little crusades where, you know, the guy would touch the, and people would fall down or you'd see people shaking. And that it weirded me out. Clint used the word awkward. It was it can be a little awkward. And that's how it was when I first got the concept of the Holy Spirit. 
But once I experienced the Holy Spirit in my life, it was totally different than that. It didn't weird me out because that's what I expected. Like this, oh, this is what you have to do. Right, even reading the scriptures, it talks about up on, on in Acts, the blowing of a violent wind or um, tongues of fire. I, I thought that's what it was, but it's not. In Clint, the five words that he used today is it empowers, refreshes, helps, teaches, guides. Those aren't scary words. In Galatians 5, there's um, a common scripture that's called fruits of the spirit. Those fruits are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those aren't scary words either. Those are comforting words. And so what I want to pray for this morning, as we move into these next four weeks, I want us to break down a wall, I guess, if we're weirded out by that Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit are those things. It's not something that needs to scare us or to to be awkward or to weird us out. And so what I want to do, why why don't everybody stand? And as I close us in prayer, if that's you, if you, if your experience, whether with the Holy Spirit is this, that it weirds you out, I want to pray that off this morning. So the next four weeks, and, the, and not even the next four weeks, but, but when you experience the Holy Spirit for the rest of your life, you can experience the good stuff there that it doesn't weird you out. So if that's you, if, you, if you're weirded out by the Holy Spirit, and I'm sorry I keep using that word, but it's one that keeps coming to my head. I just ask when I pray that you raise your hand and I'll pray specifically for that. So um, yeah, so if you're, yeah, it kind of scares me a little bit. Just raise your hand, um, and I will close us in prayer. So, so God, we just come to you, and we pray for your presence of the Holy Spirit. And God, we pray that that presence is a comforting presence to us. I think about Galatians 5, God, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what you are, Holy Spirit. So those in the room with our hands raised, God, I pray that you touch them specifically this morning. You are not an awkward God. You are not a scary God. And you are not a God that weirds us out. And so I pray against that this morning. We ask that you tear down any barrier, any wall, that might hinder us from experiencing the things that we're going to to talk about the next three weeks. Powerful healing can happen, God. You can speak to us through prophetic words, God. We need that, and so we break down any wall. We ask in the next four weeks that the Holy Spirit just reigns in this place. Let every person that walks through the doors, every person that hears your word, let them experience the Holy Spirit. We thank you for giving us an advocate. 
We're forever grateful. We love you for that, God. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, thank you guys for praying with me. Um, We are officially dismissed for this morning, but if you have any individual prayer request, if you sit in your seat, I think I'm getting played off. If you have... (laughs) If you have any specific prayer requests, though, if you just remain seated, we have a prayer team that uh, will come around and pray for you. But other than that, um, we'll see you soon. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.